Uh, now, go ahead and pull out your message notes. I'm excited about today. God moved in a powerful way in the first service, and I really expect him to do the same in this service. I, I want to encourage you, we print up message notes every Sunday. So I know some of you, you don't take worship guides. Uh, you've already gotten those before. But you can grab a message notes. And, and what that is, is that's really my abbreviated outline of today's message. And I do it for a couple of reasons. If I was sitting out there like you, I would want notes. I'd like to know where we're going. I'd like to have something in my hands that I can take home with me. And I didn't have to type everything up because if you're trying to type it all, sometimes you miss it. But with this, all you got to do is just fill in the blanks and we do it each and every week. So I want to encourage you to grab message notes each and every Sunday. Now we're going to start off in John chapter 10, verse three through five. This is our theme verse. Uh, we, we read it last week and the week before, but I want to start in verse 3. Now, he's talking about Jesus, who is the good shepherd, uh, and how we as believers are sheep. And so uh, we're going to start off in verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. I always find it interesting that he calls you by name. I know there are billions of people in this world, but God knows you by name, individually. God knows who you are. He knows the number of hairs you have on your head. He knows your care, your concerns, what you love, what you dislike, what you don't like. I mean, so God knows you intimately. And what you have to believe is that God's going to call you by name, that he speaks to you. It's not just Pastor Jim. It's not just our staff and pastors and leaders. It's no, God speaks to each and every one of us. And it says, when he has, I got an amen. You heard that amen? Amen. <laughs> And so when he goes out, he's brought out his own. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So that means that as Jesus is the good shepherd, that we have the ability to know his voice and that we can understand, oh, that's God speaking and that's not God speaking. It says, but they'll never follow a stranger. And the way I like to look at that is competing voices. There are competing voices that, that try to speak to us, and some of that is the voices in our head where we just, we, we, we're, we're self-defeating, doubt. Uh, sometimes it's demonic. Sometimes, the de you ever had the devil just put a thought in your mind, you're like, man, I know that ain't from God, that is clearly from the devil. Uh, you know, sometimes it's friends, it's people, it's people that have good intentions. But let me tell you, you cannot always listen to people that have good intentions because they don't always have God's intentions. And so you got to recognize there's going to be other voices that speak into me, but I want to make sure that I'm hearing God's voice, and that's what it says, but they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And uh, last week, Pastor Phyllis, didn't she do an amazing job? I love it. She talked about the filter for you to ask questions and what questions to ask if you think God's speaking to you. It was powerful, honey. I, I was taking notes, and, 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 and the thing that we understand is there are some questions we can ask to help us recognize God's voice. If you missed it, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast, go back and watch the video. It really was powerful. But today, what I want to do is I want to start answering the question, why does God speak to us? Like, we're going to lay a foundation. Why does God speak to us? And I really believe there are a couple fundamental reasons why God speaks to us. The first one is God speaks to us to facilitate friendship. Like, look, I know he's God. 
on high. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and, but, but what you have to understand is he is not here just to try to possess you and to manipulate you and to make you do all the things that he wants you to do. What he is doing is he's going to speak to you. He wants a relationship with you. And then out of that relationship, he wants to release you into your purpose. It's not about just do this and don't do that. and it's, it's about he wants to have an authentic friendship with us. And I think as a believer, you have to really believe that God wants to be your friend. So yes, he's God. Yes, he's Lord. Yes, he's King of Kings. But God, I want to know you as my friend. Look at Exodus thirty-three, eleven. We see this example in the story of Moses. Uh, if you've been around church, you would know this story. If you're brand new to church, let me paraphrase a little bit of what's taking place here. Moses was a man that God raised up to deliver his people out of Egyptian slavery. And so God would call Moses out of the wilderness through a burning bush and say, go and tell Pharaoh to set my people free. And so Moses would say, okay, God, I'm going to respond. And he goes to Pharaoh and we see all the plagues that happened to Egypt. If you've been in church, you've heard them all. And, and then ultimately what happens is Pharaoh releases God's people and Moses leads God's people with the help of Joshua and Caleb into the promised land. So see, Moses had a purpose. Moses was created for a season and a reason. However, it wasn't just to do things. Look at what it says. For the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. God loves to speak to us as a friend. God wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And, and I know for me as a Christian, I'm a high D. So if you've ever taken the personality gifts, uh, you know, the assessment test, there's D-I-S-C. Well, I'm a D, super high, and an I. And so for me, I'm always driven and I just, I'm always moving. It's hard for me not to multitask people. Like if I'm listening, but I'm still doing something. It's hard for me to sit still. And what I've learned is in prayer, uh, you know, at the very beginning, I would write scriptures down. And if you've seen me over at the 21 days of prayer, I've got journals with scriptures that I believe God's spoken to me. And then I've got lists of people that I'm praying for. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for our families. And so what I'll do is I'll go to God and I'm like, all right. Isaiah 53, 5 says, by your stripes, I'm healed. I'm going to declare, God, I thank you for healing in my body. I thank you for healing in Phyllis's body. I thank you that you've healed every person with sickness in our church. And I'll just go, God, I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I would know you better. And I'm declaring and speaking the scripture. But what I have found is if I'm not careful, my entire time is me talking. That the entire time is declaring and praying. And, and, and what I've realized the older I've gotten is sometimes you just need to sit down and shut up. Put everything aside. Have a pen and a piece of paper. I tell the, the fellowship, the group that I mentor, don't ever go to prayer without a pen and a blank piece of paper. Why? Because that says, God, this paper is blank. I would love for you to fill it. Tell me how you feel. Tell me what you think. So here's the question to know if you really have a friendship with God, if you're facilitating this. I, I, God convicted me about this a couple of years ago. When's the last time you asked how God's day was going? Oh, well, he's God. Yeah, yeah, he's God. I'm just asking you, when's the last time you've asked him? Hey, God, what, what do you care about this? Have you ever asked God, and, and God convicted me, God, how do you feel today? Well, he's God. Did you know that God has emotions? He's sad. He's happy. He's angry. Like, like God is like us. We were made in his image. There are emotions that God has and how he's feeling. And, and let me ask you this. How many would love to have a friend that all they do is talk? Yeah. 
They just talk, 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 talk. And, and you sit there and they're like, man, I'm having a great day. It's amazing. You know, I'm a little frustrated and you're trying to chat. Well, me too. well, that's okay. Let me tell you why I'm frustrated. And, it's, and they just talk and then they shut up and they're like, hey, it was so good talking to you. I love you. I'll catch you next time. How many think that's a friend? <laughs> she's nodding. She's like, I got a friend just like that. How many think you want a friendship like that? How many think, woo, man, that's my best friend? No, no. But how many times do we do that to God? God, I'm mad. God, I'm angry. God, I'm frustrated. I'm going to quote. And, and what I'm learning the older that I get, and I hope you can learn from me as well, is that we just got to take the time and we got to say, look, I really believe that you want to facilitate friendship in this relationship. That's why God speaks to us. Another reason why God speaks to us is for guidance. That he wants to lead us and guide us. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6 says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one that will keep you on track. That God, in everything that I'm doing, in all of my life, that God, you want to lead me. The Bible clearly says he's the good shepherd and we're the sheep. That means he's going to speak to us so that he can guide us in our life. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later on the message. So I want to talk about the third reason why God would speak to us. And that's for perspective. God speaks to us to give us a different perspective. You know, the Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we've got to get a different perspective. And I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. How many know I'm not normally faith-filled? Where does faith come from? Boy, you got quiet. Where does faith come from? God. Yes, God, the Bible, the Word, all those things. It wasn't a trick question. Come on. It's, it's God who gives us faith in our life. And so what we understand is why do I need faith? Because it's not always as it appears. That means that sometimes God's going to tell me to do something that doesn't make sense in the natural, that, that, that i got to realize that I've got to have a different perspective. And sometimes he speaks just to shift the way I'm thinking about a situation. I heard a story from Stephen Covey. If you've ever read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, you'll know this story, but it reminds me of this story when we talk about changing our perspective. He says one day he was sitting on a Sunday morning in a subway car in New York, and he's sitting there, everything's going well, and it's good, and people are reading the paper, it's quiet, it's peaceful. In fact, some people are nodding off, their eyes are closed, and he's thinking, man, this is going to be a great morning. Then all of a sudden, a man walks into the subway car. He's got uh, several kids with him, and that man just seems a little downcast and sits down and sits right next to him. But the kids, they didn't sit down. No, 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 no. If you've got kids, they're bouncing off the wall. They're jumping from one seat to the other. They're yelling across the car, and in fact, they were even slapping some of the papers. And Mr. Covey says, you know, I was sitting there and trying to be patient. And he said, but the truth is, I just got a little irritated. Anybody ever get irritated at some youngins? You're just a little irritated. You're like, come on. And the truth is, you're not even really mad at the kids. You're really like, yo, these are your kids. You birth. I didn't birth them. You birth them. And so he said, you know, a little frustrated. He looks over to the, to the man. And he says, sir, excuse me. The guy didn't really... Sir, excuse me. The guy looks up and kind of in a phase and a, a haze, he looks over. And Mr. Covey says, those are your kids, right? He said, yeah. And he said, look, man, they walked in. They're jumping from car. They're yelling. They're, they're, they're just, they're really obnoxious. And the man just, his eyes kind of opened up and he looked and he said, man, I didn't, I'm sorry. 
He said, I don't even know what to really think in this situation. He said, I guess my kids don't really know how to respond either. We just left the hospital an hour ago and their mother passed away. He said, he looked at that man and instead of irritation and frustration, sympathy, compassion, how can I help? Hey, what can I do? Is there anything I can do? See, see, it wasn't that the situation changed. There was a change in perspective. And so I think God does that to us a lot of times. And what we're looking for is God change my situation. Oh, God, strike my boss dead, 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 dead. He is a heathen. And God, you need to deal with this person. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? That person that was talking ugly to you. You're like, kill him, God. Kill him, kill him. Fire from heaven. Fire. You sing and sing. Fire. And, and really what God is saying, look, I got to give you a different. Why are they acting that way? Because if you really empathized and you had God's perspective, I bet you would respond differently. And so God speaks to us to say, whoa, 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 I need you to have a different perspective. Why? Because you're called to be the salt and the light to the world that is around you. And so we see these reasons why God speaks. It's friendship, it's guidance, it's perspective. So now we know why God might speak to us. I want to talk a little bit about how God does speak to us. And so how does he speak to us in this life when we're going throughout the day? And I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11 and 12. This is, if you're new to church, the story of Elijah. Now, Elijah uh, just went against these prophets. They were called prophets of Baal. There was a whole bunch of them against him. And uh, they went out and sacrificed to their gods, and nothing happened. And then Elijah says, I'm going to sacrifice to my God, and fire consumes the altar, and a miracle takes place. Elijah kills all the false prophets. It's a huge victory for God. God is glorified in the demonstration of his power. And so right after this happens, uh, there's this woman named Jezebel. you got to watch out for Jezebel. So here comes Jezebel. She starts, she's mad. She's going to pursue Elijah. And Elijah runs off into the wilderness. Now think about it. He just killed all these false prophets, and this woman's got him acting crazy. I'm not saying anything there. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Men, no, I'm just, it's a marriage conference. No. So it goes off into the, the wilderness and in the wilderness, he's, he's telling God, look, I, there's, I don't know if I can do it. And God says, look, I want you to go to a cave in the side of a mountain, and I'll meet you there. And so we see Elijah, he's having a pity party. He's hopeless. He's depressed. I mean, how many have ever had a pity party? Like, God, whoa, is me. I'm the only one in my job or whatever. I'm a single parent. All those things are real. But what God says is, I'm going to speak to you when you come out of the cave. And we pick that up in verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, when he says this, what he's saying is, I'm about to speak to you. And so you see Elijah on the side of the mountain. He's like, all right, God, you're going to speak. And look at what happens. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. Now, how many think, well, surely that's God. Powerful demonstration. The mountain is shattered. I mean, surely that's God. But look at what it says. It says, but the Lord was not in the wind. It says, after the wind, there was an earthquake. I mean, surely that's God. I think about it. You're saying, God, he's telling you he's going to speak to you. You'd think it'd be in the earthquake if an earthquake just happened. But the Bible says, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then we see a fire. It says, but the, the Lord was not in the fire. And then came a, everybody say it. 
gentle whisper. And what we know after these verses is God was in the whisper. Now, I believe this. I believe there are moments where it's like the wind that split the mountain or the earthquake or the fire from heaven. I believe God speaks in those profound ways. In uh, February 7, 2003, I've told you my story. God walked into my house and I had a visitation for five hours. I was saved on that day. That was a divine, I would say, wind of God, earthquake, my life. It was all shifted in that moment. But I have to tell you, look, I've never heard the audible voice of God. As long as I've been living and as your pastor. So, so God's never spoken to me that way. And I've never had a vision, like an awake vision. Uh, I've had some real vivid dreams. But I've only had about three or four. And, you know, I would consider that like the fire of God. The way God speaks to me, which is what I want to talk about with the rest of my time this morning, is God really speaks to me in the whisper. Like sometimes you can live as a Christian and you're like, God, give me a sign. You know, and it's, it's all these big demonstrations like, God, when you speak to me audibly, I'll believe you're real. Okay. What if he whispers to you? Is that good enough? And so what we want to talk about this morning is the whispers of God in our life. What would God whisper to you? How, how has God spoken to me? Because I feel like God speaks to me every day. And here's a couple of ways that he speaks to me. It's the whisper of encouragement. That God will encourage you. That he's wanting you to be encouraged regardless of the situation you're walking through. See, some people have the wrong perspective of God. You think God is here to judge you and to condemn you and to cause you to feel guilty and shameful. And listen, that's not God. Are we guilty? Yes. But it's not, we, we don't have condemnation. The Bible says we have conviction. Conviction comes from God where he's like, look, there's a better way. There's, there, I understand the ways of the past. And this is, but what I believe God wants to do to most of the time is he wants to encourage you. Some of you, you, you're having a bad day at work. Your boss blew up on you. Maybe you made some major mistakes and it's your fault that your job is on the line. Maybe you're gone to school. Come on, kids, you know what I'm talking about. You went to school and you got a pop quiz. And you don't know if you did so good. In fact, you got the test back and you failed it. So now you feel like a failure. Maybe you're in your marriage and, and you're like, I'm going to church. I'm trying to do everything I can. But it doesn't seem to be getting better. It seems to be getting worse. Maybe you're a parent and you just, you said that thing you shouldn't have said to your kids. You did that thing that you have done a million times and you wish you wouldn't have done it for the millionth time. And then all of a sudden, what happens? You go to prayer. You're up early. 21 days of prayer, you open up your Bible, and there it is right before your eyes, the words of encouragement that are whispered into your heart that help you keep moving forward, saying, you can do it. You're not a failure. Your past doesn't define you. I've created you with purpose. You can make it. It's like a father speaking to his son or daughter. And that's what I see with God. I remember even just this, this last year. I had a season where I felt like everybody was against me. Like it was, it was hard here. It was hard. Everything I turned to, I'm like, man, have you ever had that season where all the world is against you? Yeah. Like it, it just, my marriage, my kids, I'm like, good Lord, can it get any harder in my life? And I'll never forget, I, I went to my quiet time, and this is the scripture the Lord gave me, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Man, I walked out of that prayer time with God. 
with this truth whispered in my heart. And, and you know when I said it, if you can remember, I was quoting this scripture all the time. And what I'm learning is this, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. So though I'm discouraged right now, though it seems like the world is against me, I may be struggling in my marriage or with my kids or at the church or, or at the office or wherever it is, what I know is this, God goes with me to fight for me, to bring victory against my enemies. He encouraged my soul. Encourage my soul. The great. And so he speaks encouragement just like a father. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says, The Holy Spirit speaks to us in our heart and tells us that we are God's children. I mean, what's a dad or mom do that? Atta boy, you got it. Come on, don't quit. You can do this. Don't stop. Don't stop. You got it. I'm there with you. See, sometimes you feel like you're by yourself. I want you to know you're never alone. God is always with you. The second thing he whispers is he whispers warnings. God will whisper warnings in our hearts. Look at Acts chapter 16, verse 6 through 7. This is the story of Paul traveling with Silas. Look, it says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to, you say it, not me, <laughs> but the Spirit did not permit them. So they're going to these two different cities. And what we recognize is that the Holy Spirit forbade them to go there. Why? Because he's warning them, look, I don't want you to go to those cities. That's not the place you need to go. There's trouble there. And look at Isaiah. It says a little bit differently. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, walk this way. This is the way. Walk in it. So, so when you feel like, man, I'm going to this direction or that direction, God said, no, 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 no. That's not the right way. Don't go that way. And in the church world, what we hear often is, you probably said this, I feel a check in my spirit. Have you ever, have you ever heard that said? Like, I, like it just, like everything on the outside looks good. Like they're saying the right thing. It looks like everybody's doing the right thing. But there's a check in your spirit. And, and we see this with our kids. How many have ever had your kids ask to go somewhere? And it seems okay. Like parents are going to be there. Like it, it seems good. And, and then you feel like the Lord said, no, 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 that's not where they need. Don't take, don't let them go there. Have you ever had that? Anybody ever had a check in the spirit? And then what do your kids come back with? Mom, dad, everybody's going to be there. And you're like, yeah, but, but I can't let you go. And they're like, are oh, you so inconsistent? And, and then I just say, well, just talk to God, baby, because the Holy Spirit spoke to your daddy. So you bring it up to God. I mean, what's, what's the, what's the it's, I, I can't put my finger on it. I know I let you go last time. I know you went last month. I know you went last year. But for whatever reason, there is a check in my spirit. I can't have you go this time. Maybe you meet a stranger for the first time. And, you know, you're pretty cool with most strangers. And, and then all of a sudden, someone, guy, girl, doesn't matter. There's just something. It's like something's off. Like there's a warning. Like, like something is not right. Maybe you own a business and you've got employees and everybody's doing the same thing. But God highlights someone and it's like something's off with them. Like they're saying the right things, they're doing the right things, but I get this check in my spirit. Anybody, anybody ever had that? I mean, it doesn't sit right with you. And it could be as simple as the Lord warning us when you're on a phone call with a friend. Anybody ever been on a phone call with a friend and it's all good at first and then they say it? What do they say? I don't know, whatever makes you mad, they said it. And it's like, I know she didn't. I know he did. And, and you just wait. You just wait. Just shut your mouth because I'm about to come back. This is about to be the comeback kid. Uh. And you're going to tell them off and give them a piece of your mind. And how many have ever had that thing on the inside? Said, no, 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 no. Don't say it. No, 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 no. Don't, keep, keep your mouth shut. And how many have opened your mouth? Come on, I just got both hands up. It always, when I open my mouth, I'm learning. I've got to go back and repent. So I might as well just keep my stinking mouth shut. Right? 
Just, what is that? What's the warning? Like, blah, 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 blah. Have you ever got the text that you read and, and you know, like you heard the attitude through that text? You're like, I know. No, oh, you just, and you didn't even have time to process. You're just like a speeding bullet. You're going to come back with it. I'm going to tell them a piece of my mind. And, and, then, and then the Lord's like, don't send it, don't send it, don't send it. Like, write it, don't send it. And how many have ever sent it? And they're like, whoa, chill out. That's not what, that wouldn't even, well, your tone, I read your tone in that text. And it just, no, chill out, chill out. Like, just chill out. I mean, who do you think is warning us in that? That's God a lot of times speaking to us. Even if you're going out with friends, and maybe the friends you've hung out with before, but this time it's like there's, oh, don't go out tonight. Like, why, why not? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but God knows. And that's the key of listening. Like, why is God warning me in this? In guys, girls, teenagers, young adults, even when you're dating, dating someone, the Lord will give you a warning about certain people. If you ever feel the check, you need to stop because God knows a whole lot more than you know. I remember when I was 19 years old, there was this girl. Uh, I wasn't dating anybody for a little while, and this is in the middle phase of Phyllis. She was beginning, and praise God, she's the end. She's my bookends. But somewhere in the middle, like just kind of in the middle, there was this girl, and she was a cheerleader. She was cute and popular and all that. And somehow we got connected through friends. And I thought, man, she's cute. I'm going to ask this girl out. Like, let's, let's. So I got her number. And, man, she gave me her number. I'm thinking, what? So we're talking on the phone. And, and everything's going well. Well, then, how many know after I talk on the phone, let's go on a date. Like, let's spend time face to face. And, and so we go on a date. I don't even remember what, where we went. But we had a good time. We were connected. And I thought, man, I, I really like this girl. Like, this is, this is good. I, I'm not dating anyone. So, man, I've got someone I can go out with. And you never know where it will lead to. And I'll never forget the night. Uh, at the end of the night, we were parked in a parking lot, and she left. And, and, and as soon as she left, you know, I'm only 19 years old. But the Spirit of God, the voice of God, now I really recognize, it's hindsight, it's always 2020. The Lord really spoke to me in a powerful way, don't date this girl. Now, look, I'm 19 years old, and you know what I told God? Hey, God, I ain't going to date her, but I will go out with her one more time. Come on. <laughs> Like, hey, I'm not going to date her. Like, we ain't going to be boyfriend, girlfriend. But I really felt, I've never had it happen to anybody else. Now, I want you to know this girl is not a demon. Like, she's, she, like, she's awesome, and her life's turned out great. But what God knew was this would be a relationship that would cause me to be set back in my relationship with God. In fact, for two years, I would date her. And over those two years, I withdrew from church. I, I wasn't as committed. I stopped being a leader. Why? Because I was distracted. It was two years of being distracted. And in fact, that relationship caused me a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and a lot of frustration. And it took me time to process through the pain that that relationship caused me. Well, why would I walk through that? Because I didn't realize how good our God is. See, I thought God was trying to keep me from something good, something that I, I really deserved, but he just didn't want me to have no fun. I'm going to have some fun. I'm not going to date her, but I'm going on another date. But what you got to realize is God cares about the little things. God cares about the big things. And he is the one that will warn you through the situations of your life. Why? Because he whispers warning to us. The third thing he whispers is, look, direction. He whispers direction to us. He wants to lead us and guide us. Acts chapter 20, we see this where Paul uh, is led by God into Jerusalem. Uh, so Acts chapter 20, verse 22, it says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me. So I love this because Paul didn't have a strategy to go to Jerusalem. Paul didn't have some plan. 
It was God leading him. And look, I'm a firm believer in strategies and plans and vision. But what we have to make sure is that there's always room for God to lead us in a different direction. That he's going to maybe take us a way that we wouldn't have thought of or wouldn't have gone. Because look, sometimes if you get there the way you planned, all the confidence will be on you. But God's line and his path is never a straight line. I've always seen God go zigzag. I'm like, whoa, whoa God, the vision's over here. Why am I going here? And then I'll go close to the vision. It's like I go past it. I'm like, God, where are we going? Like, it's back there. What's, and what's he doing? He's building the character so that when you get to the dream, you can hold the dream that God's birthing inside of your heart. Why? Because he's going to lead us and he's going to guide us. I saw this in 2013 in a big way with this church. Uh, we launched out of the Cinemark Movie Theater, March 17, 2013. Never forget. It was amazing. The service was packed. Some of you were there. How many remember the movie theater? Wasn't it awesome? It was packed. It was awesome. Within five weeks, we went into two services and the second service filled up. And so here we are, we're, we're a brand new church plant, the first service is full, second service is full, and now we're looking for a property to, for us to have church. And I just remember God telling God, I've looked everywhere in this city, I was looking for a place to launch this church, how are we going to find another one? So I'd be driving up and down praying. I realized we had to make the move when a couple came to me, they were a great couple, and they said, Pastor, listen, when you find a different location that's not quite as full, we'll come back to join you. And now I don't always let people move me with their opinions or their thoughts, but I felt like the Lord spoke to me, it's time to move. So I'm driving up and down the streets looking for a place. We would find a building. It was the right building, wrong location. We'd find the right location, wrong building, but never both in the same place. And I was driving up here off 2218 right in front of the Red Cross. I'll never forget it. And I'm about to just drive past B.F. Terry High School, and I felt like a whisper from within that said, hey, go check out B.F. Terry High School's auditorium. And, you know, I'm arguing with God. I'm like, that's, so, like, that's, that's dumb. Like, there's a church. Because what, what I realized was six months earlier, there was a church that was already in this place. And so I'm arguing with God. I'm like, oh, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm like, we won't find a place. And, and, so I, and, and I felt like God kind of laughed. Okay. Like you're asking me for a place, I put something in your heart, and I thought, okay, well, I'll try it. So I've moved. how many of you have ever obeyed God with a little bit of attitude? I'm going to go in there, and she ain't going to have a place for me. Hey, I, I, can you tell me, I'm sure there's already a church in here. I went up to the secretary, and she said, you know, it's funny that you should say that. She said, the church that was here left about three months ago. And I thought, oh, God, I, I repent. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And, and so what happened was over the next couple of weeks, we negotiated a contract and we raised over $100,000 cash to buy all the equipment and to move from Cinemark Movie Theater into this location. It was a miracle. That's a good place to crap, clap. Crap. Did y'all hear that? No, don't crap right here. Don't do that. Don't do that right here. There's bathrooms. See? It's a good place to clap. So what is it? It's God leading us. See, at least you're awake. He's directing us. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so you got to realize the whispers of God, even when it seems contrary to, 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 to natural wisdom, that God is leading us and he is directing us. And I believe this. God wants to lead you and guide you in a supernatural way if you'll listen for his whisper. And the last one is this. He whispers dreams. You know, I love what God does in the hearts of his people. 
There are moments where he begins to just whisper a dream inside of your heart. Now, I have had a few real visions, about three or four in my life, where I'm like, wow, that was, that was clearly a vision from God. But most of the dreams that I hold so closely inside of my heart are when God whispered something to me. Just the whisper of God, just the, hey, you can do, what, what, what about if you did this? Look at what it says in Job chapter 33, verse 14 and 15. It says, for God speaks again and again. He speaks in dreams, in visions of the night. And it's those moments where you say, God, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. That was for See, I believe this. God has whispered to some of you that you're called to full-time missions. That God is, like, like every time you hear Haiti or every time you hear South Africa or every time you hear Guatemala or Peru or whatever it is, like I know you're physically here, but the moment you hear it, it's like, oh my God, my, why, my heart just burns for that country. And you've never been on missions before. Some of you have never been on missions before. Well, what's happened is God has spoken something in your heart. And not, but in the natural, you're like, well, I can't afford it. Like, are you sure that's what I'm supposed to do? Like, God, well, what's he doing? He's whispering. Like, I promise you it's not the devil sending you to South Africa on missions. But what's happened is you've allowed the enemy to rob the whisper. That he comes in, he's like, you can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, let me, let me tell you this. You can't afford it? No. But God can. I couldn't afford to launch a church, but God can. We couldn't afford to buy the Dream Center, but God can. We can't afford to buy a property, but God can. And so what we do is the whisper of God, the dream. Maybe it's a ministry that you, you have a passion for. There's this burning desire that there's a problem, and you know you've got some. But it's like, God, how do I start? Well, you listen to the voice and the whisper of God. It's just a whisper, God, what, what, what is it that you're putting inside of me? The dreams that he has put. And so many times, listen, you can come and you're like, well, I'm just a work, we're just a work. Maybe God put a dream of going to college in your family. It, and not only college, you feel like God's called you to be a doctor or a lawyer. And ain't nobody in your family been to school. They're like, go, go get a job. It's like, but, but God put, like I'm supposed to be a doctor. Well, who told you that? I, I don't know. Like, like, I feel like it's God. And so what you got to do is you got to hold on to the dream and say, God, I think you placed that inside of me. I'm going to break the ceiling that's over my family. Maybe it's launching a business. Well, I don't know how to launch a business, but God put this seed on the inside. I had someone, the first service, before we even started this service, she came up to me and she said, Pastor, I thought it was so perfect. I'm like, look at God, how you working? She said, God has really been stirring on me to start a brand new business and would you just pray for me? And I thought, absolutely, I'll pray. So I laid hands on and prayed. And I'm amazed at how much God speaks to his people if we will not discredit it because of your qualifications, because of your past, because of your pedigree or your heritage and say, God, I am qualified. Why? Because you are my God. And this is your dream on the inside. He whispers. So this is why I say, look, it's a brand new school year. It's a new season. It's a, it's a new day of breakthrough, a new season. So God, would you just whisper your dreams in us? I'll never forget 15 years ago, uh, you know, really when I had the conversion experience in 2003, I found this picture. Uh, it's a picture of a Reinhard Bonnke crusade. And there are 6 million people in this, well, not all in this picture, but it's a sea of souls. And it represents the largest crusade he ever held. 
And it was Kenneth Copeland that sent it out. I don't even know how I got it. I've held on to this for 15 years. It's pretty amazing. And from that very beginning, I felt like God say, you're going to see a sea of souls saved. Sea of souls. As far as your eye can see. Now, I wasn't a pastor. I mean, at the point, I had just lost my business. We were broke, losing our houses and our cars. I mean, it was, it was a disaster. But God spoke a dream, and it was enough for me to grab this picture. I put it in my journal. It's actually in my journal. And I said, God, it's a dream. Like, I know it's not the devil. He don't want him saved. And so even as we've launched his church, you know, the, 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 the dream is that, God, we'd see millions. I don't even know how it's going. I don't know. But it's a dream. Millions of people come to know you. Millions. How? I don't know. Maybe it's by me raising up an army of people that believe in the power of God and going into their world and proclaiming the gospel, which is the good news. And, and, and maybe one of you is a Reinhard Bonnke sitting here. God's called you to do crusades. And, and my responsibility is to raise you up. And the seed of your life is to see millions. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't have to figure it out. But something cool that happened just this year, I, I got in contact with a, a, a pastor in Pakistan. If you know Pakistan, it's closed to the gospel, but they're having this revival of sorts. They are open to prayer festivals, but you know, you can't really, it's not really like we're going to be Christians, and, but they're open to prayer, and right now they're having these massive crusades, and this couple that I've connected with, I've been connected with them for about seven, eight years, uh, we, we got in touch, and we were talking, and and guess what? This year in November, if I can get my visa, which we've already applied for, to everything continues to move forward, we're doing a crusade in Pakistan, and here's the thing, last crusade he did, there was over 110,000 people there, 92,000 people gave their life to Jesus for the first time in a closed country, closed country, and so I just thought, and here's the thing, you're a part of that, everything I do, your portion, your missions, dollars is going over there, and, and why, because we believe in the hardest country's revival will happen. So what's my point? Even if it takes 15 years, the dream that God whispers in your heart, can you hold on to it? Can you say, God, I think that's you. I, I think that's you, God. I'm going to write it down. Why? Because God whispers dreams. I want to pray over us this morning. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing. God, I just praise you and give you glory. God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this environment. God, I thank you for bringing each person to this location. And God, that our hearts are open. God, we, we, we ask you, would you speak to us where our ears have been clogged up and plugged up and maybe we have heard competing voices. God, we're asking for you to help us hear your voice clearly. That God, even in the 21 days of prayer, as everyone is seeking you and Lord, whether we're at the Dream Center at 6 a.m. or we're at our home or at our job or we're driving to work, whatever it is, God, help us hear you. That, God, you speak to us. 
That God, it's the, the whispers throughout the day. It's in this moment and that moment and this moment and another moment. And, and God, where we have discounted you wanting to be our friend, not only our Lord and Savior, but really a, a relationship. God, I'm asking, fan the flames. Ignite the fire. God, we're tired of life as usual. Being complacent or lukewarm. God, fill our hearts with your power, with your fire. Lord, that we would move forward in this relationship. And God, help us to be and not to do. Just be in your presence. That you're making all things new. All things new. 